Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Not Another Philly Sports Talk Show. This time we are Sam Bradford-centric. I'm Mike Sielski from the Philadelphia Inquirer, joined as usual by David Murphy of the Philadelphia Daily News. Murph is at the controls today. Our intrepid producer, Jonathan Tannenwald, was unavailable, he, so there will be no discussion of Kevin Durant or soccer or Big Five basketball or all those other more exciting topics that Jonathan likes to delve into uh, we're talking Eagles. and They we call them non-revenue because yes. they don't make the media any I revenue. Exactly. Um, so we're talking Eagles uh, and basically the legacy of Sam Bradford. For the purposes of this podcast and whenever you might tune into it, we're just going to kind of assume that Sam Bradford's career with the Eagles is over. He has not been traded yet, but we're going to assume that he's going to be because it seems that that's really the only end game here, the only possible one for either he or the team to move forward. Um, he has requested a trade, obviously. That happened, I guess, on Monday. We're recording this on Wednesday. The draft is Thursday. Murph, you've written about this situation and the enmity that Sam Bradford has stoked in Philadelphia by daring to look for greener pastures. Your thoughts about Sam Bradford and his time in Philadelphia? Yeah, it was a, uh, it was the best of times. It was the well, it was the it was the worst of times, and it was the slightly less worst of times. Something like that. All right. Yeah, the I mediocre mean, mediocre of times. I, I guess. mean. Even if Sam Bradford has not been traded at this moment as you listen to this, I, I think Mike and I both agree that that his moving on was, is, will be, whatever, necessary. Yep. Whatever tense you want to use. And one of the things I think that me and my, or Mike and I, is that right? God, I'm awful with grammar. That's all right. Um, one of the things that Mike and I agree on is that this this was totally foreseeable, and we agree on it. We, we, we actually have this in the public record we're not talking out of our keisters because we spent three hours in this hot office slash studio last week discussing how first before the trade why it would make no sense because sam bradford would react like this along with perhaps some of his teammates and then after the trade after we scrapped that rest in peace mm-hmm. original podcast yeah recycle bin podcast yeah we called that. yeah it's great it'll be on our greatest hits album um, the B-sides. B-sides. Kindergarten. Uh, we talked about how how do you react if you're Sam Bradford and how, you know, I think the thing that I keep coming back to, first of all, to explain why this trade was or will be necessary, Sam Bradford made it very clear when he was in week 16 and Chip Kelly was still coach, after week 17 when he performed well under Pat Shermer, throughout the offseason, as he was negotiating his contract, that he wanted to come back to Philadelphia at every step of the way. It wasn't because of the coach. That was clear, because he still was adamant about wanting to come right. back after Chip Kelly got fired. Right. He wasn't a chip guy, so to it speak. It wasn't about Doug Peterson, because he said before Doug Peterson got hired, he still wanted to come. It wasn't about money, and he made that, to me, blatantly clear. I always got the impression that he and Tom Condon sat down at the end of the offseason, and Sam Bradford said to Tom Condon, I want to go back to Philadelphia. Just get me the best deal possible. I really like what they're doing there. Well, w- I feel like I can I can grow here. I'm I feel like I'm in a place where I can grow with my teammates and the organization for the first time in my career, and that's what I want more than anything. I've already made my money, and I think that 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 had to come across in negotiations. It had to come across when Sam Bradford sat down with Doug, t- with Doug Peterson when he got hired. It had to sit, it had to come across when he sat down with Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman to discuss the state of everything, you know, in the interim, which they said they did. And for the Eagles then to turn around and do what they did, not drafting a quarterback, but forfeiting assets that could have helped this team accomplish what they implied to Sam Bradford they hoped it would do, which is compete in 2016-2017, to me is just an irreparable breach, breach of trust yeah. and faith. And, it, and it's why I was so adamant in my belief that they, they would not turn around and do this, such a thing because it would just, to me, it, 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 it's... Just, it's exactly what I anticipated, and the level of outrage surrounding it. I don't. Or the res- level of shock, I don't understand. First and foremost, and second of all, the level of outrage. Um, let's talk about the shock first. All right, like let's what, talk about the shock. Did first. you see and this coming? And we've been, we've been joined. We should say um, by one of the more respected and experienced voices in Philadelphia sports, though you don't hear him as much as you once did. Uh, that's Daily News sports editor and former Daily News sports columnist Rich Hoffman who has covered uh, the Eagles in particular for more than 30 years and 
um, has weighed in a little bit on this topic on Twitter. Rich, thank you for making your debut on Not Another Philly Sports Talk Show. I'm honored. Wait, uh, wait, wait, no, you're not, because your microphone's not on. Try it again. How about that? Do it again. How about that? There you go. Right. There we go. So we'll, I'll just take it from the I'm top. definitely keeping yeah. all this in. Rich, thanks for joining us. It's an honor. Oh. Well, we're honored to have you. Now, I... Go ahead. This is like, you're in the circle of real talk right now. Uh-oh. <laughs> that was complete BS. <laughs> <laughs> so let's leave that stuff outside. Okay. So I, Murph has, has explained his position on this. My, my feeling is, I, I have a million different ways I could go with this. My initial feeling is this. If you are inclined, whether you are an Eagles fan or, in some cases, a member of the media who tends to look favorably upon the organization in that you kind of want the Eagles to do well because you feel like it's better for everybody when the team does well, then you're inclined to look at the situation and say, what is Sam Bradford doing? How dare he uh, do this? Uh, Carson Wentz is the new shiny thing that's coming in, and they had this plan set up where Sam was going to play for this year, and they take a shot at the playoffs, and then Carson would just move right in and take over for him. However, if you're able to kind of take a step back from that, you're looking at this and saying, well, why in the world would Sam Bradford not react this way? Because he's an NFL player. He's a quarterback with some leverage. You could see this coming. Your thoughts? All right. You have to know where I come from, which is I'm old, okay? And I covered this league when the players were property essentially. I mean, they, I, I covered two long strikes with this league where the players had no chance to win and got their heads handed to them, but did it anyway because their, you know, their situation was just so untenable. Um, I come from a time when people held out all the time. I come from a time when I can remember a summer in the 1980s when Mike Quick was the Eagles' best player. And he, he, he held out every summer, okay? And I can remember chasing his agent for weeks and weeks and weeks on the phone back when you actually had to come in the office and call and then sit and wait all day for him to call back. And about two days before camp... How did you guys tweet? <laughs> <laughs> about two days before camp, the agent calls and says, all right, we've decided to use you. Mike is holding out. He's going to call you in five minutes, all right? That's how it worked, all right? And Who was his agent? I forget the guy's name, to tell you the truth. But uh, I just picture agents back in the day like... Like, they had like a ro like a uh, a co like a coat rack in their back of their car, one of those broom <laughs> handles that they have their, their suits <laughs> hanging on, and then, and then they have like uh, uh, Shackley products in the in the trunk right. that they sell on the side. But that's what it was like. That's the only le that's all players could do was to be disruptive essentially to get what they wanted. And I I am of the belief that the league has not changed all that much. And he's just using every bit of leverage he's, he's got. And you cannot deny that they were thrown an extraordinary curve. I mean, the very, you know, nobody knew they were going to be able to trade up to two. If, they, if the Eagles had known they were going to be trading up to two, they never would have signed, signed Bradford in the first exactly. place. Exactly. Right? So it was an extraordinary event. They are reacting to that. They're doing it. He's not in violation of his contract. He's using the leverage he's got. I say, go Sam. Even if, even if the Eagles are saying, and this, is, this gets to another point of contention that's come up in the debate about this movement, even if the Eagles are still at 13, the Eagles are still at 13 when they sign Bradford for the two-year deal. Even if they, you then accept, okay, they jumped up to eight, okay? If they take a quarterback at eight because one of them happens to fall yeah. at eight, or they take a quarterback at 13 because one happens to fall all the way at 13, or they take... Paxton Lynch, Christian Hackenberg, insert name of quarterback here, that's not the same dynamic right. as giving away all these assets who presumably could help Sam Bradford right now to get up to draft Sam Bradford's okay. successor. So we're all on the same page. Right. I just misunderstood what you were saying. Yeah, okay. I mean, but, but the notion, I, I love that, that all the people who hate Sam Bradford okay, and, and want to see him gone, and think it, it was a waste to keep him. Now are upset that he wants to leave. That's right. <laughs> you know. That's they. I mean, you know, it's like he only gets to leave when I get to kick him to the curb. <laughs> right. That, I mean, to me, I don't get it. I mean, I do get it, but it's it's you know, people ought to look in the mirror a little bit. I agree. Yeah. I mean, yeah. No. I so I think that is an important thing that that and it, to me it's very disingenuous the way a lot of this 
argument is being framed by the people who are so outraged about Sam Bradford's temerity and how he would dare try to put himself in the best situation to thrive. Right. Um, because they frame it as, well, you knew the Eagles were going to draft a quarterback. They said the whole offseason you were going to draft a quarterback. You know, blah, 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 blah. As you said, this is not about even Carson Wentz. Because if Carson Wentz falls number eight, I'm taking him. Right. And I, I've said that all along. Yep. Like, that's – I just never thought he would fall to eight because that just doesn't happen when you have a quarterback with this kind of caliber. The fact is, the Eagles signed Sam Bradford with the either explicit or implicit suggestion that they would be att- they were signing him with the intention of competing over these next couple of years, with the implicit or explicit promise or understand possibility. understanding possibility understanding that he would have every opportunity to show that he was the quarterback they thought he could be that they said they've said they he thought he, that he could be. That if he, you know, led them to the playoffs, stayed healthy, performed well, you know, this was a relationship that that had the opportunity to keep on going. That from Sam Bradford is the impression I've always gotten. That's all he wanted, you know. And then to turn around, as you said, and completely cut your own legs out from the possibility of doing exactly that mm-hmm. and cut his leg. I mean, this guy, w- this guy got beat up last year. That's that's another piece of irony in terms of people questioning his toughness and yada 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 this guy took a lot of hits last year yeah and he didn't get a lot of help from his receivers last year and his starting running back just wind his way out of town and the two running backs he currently has on his roster aren't every down backs have never aren't every down backs and have never made it through a full season when they've attempted to be I mean, why wouldn't you, why why would you put yourself in through that again just knowing that you're there essentially to be the body bag so the young kid can have every opportunity to succeed. Like why I'm just thinking this is Rich Hoffman is now my supervisor and if he ever put me in that position I would react <laughs> the exact same way that Sam Bradford reacted. I like Rich a lot and I know he would never you do that. You to call me sir. Sir. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Hoffman, Mr. Hoffman. Um yeah. I mean I mean I would yeah, yeah, I would react I just put myself in his position and right. I'm like dude I I'm angry for you bro. You wrote th- you wrote something the other day. I, I think he said, like, he's not a simpleton, but he's, like, you know, he, he kind of looks at things. He's simple. earnest. Right. And he just – I think he just honestly thought, all right, I'm finally in a place I want to be. I'm finally in a place where I sort of control my destiny. If they were to go draft a quarterback at 13, I still sort of control my right. destiny. If they got a guy at eight, well, that's bad luck for me. But, you know, it's – it's all right, I, I can make the argument that I'm still in there punching. He's got no shot now. Yeah. Like he's not going to last 10 weeks. Like, I'm sorry. If he did not react the way he reacted, then he's a sucker. That's like, right. Like, you're not – you're not, he's not a coward. He's a coward almost if he doesn't react this well, way. Th- th- like, this there's, there's a thin line between, like, standing – like, like muscling through and knuckling down and, and you know, letting – this letting meritocratic forces work. Yeah. And being – just a complete sucker. <laughs> yeah, and uh, you guys are both touching on one of the things that's honestly bothered me about the way this story has been covered um, and what the Eagles have done here. If you guys I, – I happened to be flipping around um, Monday afternoon and came across Comcast Sportsnet, and Dave Spadaro, who works for PhiladelphiaEagles.com and is very upfront about the fact that he is kind of the message man for the front office of the team, and everybody acknowledges that, um, went on there, and, and if I can quote him – basically said that Sam Bradford has to realize that the NFL is a big boy league, okay? So you can see the narrative that's being put out here now by the Eagles is that Sam Bradford, a guy who took a ton of punishment last year in his only season with the team playing behind a bad offensive line, a guy who twice tore the same ligament in his knee, spent two years rehabbing it, came back and started 14 games for this team last year, is a wimp, is a wuss. And you can see that playing out, not just in the smoke signals from one Novacare way, but in certain members of the media who are echoing that message, whether they believe in it or whether they're getting hints to write that from people within the Eagles organization. And that, to me, is despicable. Because if there's one, no matter what you want to say about Sam Bradford's abilities as a quarterback, his history as an NFL quarterback, the one thing you cannot possibly say is that he's not tough. The guy took a beating last year. Given the injuries he's come back from to play, 
He doesn't have anything to prove to anybody, least of all the Eagles and Howie Roseman. I agree. And I, I want to ask Rich this because it was kind of what I was arguing him on that he didn't actually say. Should the Eagles have seen this coming? If they didn't, why didn't they? And if they did see it coming and still did it, by it, I mean signing Sam Bradford and then doing what and they just did. Right. Why did they do it? Like, how did they not see this? I mean, well, all right, all right. So, so let me, let me. The one thing, the only way to me, Howie Roseman looks even semi competent in this in coming out of this entire deal is if he envisioned all of this happening, and this is all part of his master plan, his long con, and he's going to come out of this with a fourth round draft pick for Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford's going to be the bad guy. Everyone's going to because keep in mind, sixty five percent. You know, if you trust these online polls, sixty five percent of the fan base disapproved of this trade before Sam Bradford kind of started bearing the cross. You know, that's the only way I can. Do you, do you believe that? Do you? Be, I I used to think Howie was maybe that like conniving. I just don't think he's very as bright as he thinks he is. So I, I don't put that past. I mean, him. I don't want you to like this, disparage this is, the man. This is not reporting. This is just conversation, right? right? So we're just talking, right? right? Mm-hmm. Okay. What if it went down like this? There's no way they could have known they were going to be able to get to two. Even if they I wanted agree. to, there's no way they could have known. Right. right. All right. So they, so they went and they signed Bradford because they had to have a guy. Okay. Now, suppose, just suppose, how he works for a guy, you know? And the guy, maybe he fell in love with Carson Wentz's ability to use the cutlery when they had the dinner that night. I don't know what <laughs> happened, but perhaps – the guy Howie works for said, "You know what? Go do this." And now Howie's just trying to trying to make the best of it because it goes against every one of Howie's stated stated you know instincts to do this, except like, except Howie's to appease his boss. Right. right. But I mean, Howie's a guy who has always accumulated picks. He has not given them away. Howie is the king of moving down you know ten mm-hmm. spots to get an extra fourth rounder, I mean, a fifth rounder. Um, you know that was it, and it's great. You know he he believes in accumulating lottery tickets. I want to well, hear Mike's point of view on this because I go ahead. I think that's possible. Again, I have no inside knowledge on this. I think that's possible. I think I've written before that Jeffrey Lurie has kind of looked at his ownership tenure um, through the wrong prism, that he views the Eagles as a stable organization because he has owned them. And I've argued that whatever stability the Eagles had during his ownership was based entirely on the presence over 10 years of Donovan McNabb. That the success in drafting McNabb in 1999 allowed Andy Reid to stay as long as he did. It allowed the Eagles to compete for championships. It allowed them to implement Joe Banner's plan of, you know, kind of hovering under the salary cap and letting a guy go too soon and, but, you know, and all that stuff, the entire plan. So I, I suppose that's possible. Um, I don't know though. I don't. I don't know that if if Jeffrey kept Howie around. Here's my issue with that. Chip Kelly did virtually the same thing last year. Go all in right now. And Jeffrey fired Chip. He didn't like it then, but he likes it now. I don't know. Or is he not looking at it that way at all? He just is enamored with Carson Wentz's and cutlery and all that stuff. I'm not sure. I. To me, this is this is the issue that ha- that th- this is the issue. Like it, it's it's a fascinating one, and I don't think it's been delved into at all. Maybe it will moving down the road, but what that's kind of one a when you when you outline scenarios that would make sense. I'm, I'm just like I I've spent the last week trying to just figure out scenarios in which this would make sense. You know, where like you'd hear the f- true story of how this all went down, and you'd be like. Oh, mm-hmm. that's what happened. And that's one of the scenarios that Jeffrey Lurie, as you said, went to North Dakota on the boys weekend. Do you think they <laughs> sang songs like, because we're the three best friends that anybody could have? Uh, like, In this the back is. Back of the private jet. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean. The wheels on the bus go. Who's the Alan in that, in that scenario? <laughs> I mean, I picture. I picture Doug Peterson carrying Howie around like Alan carried the baby around. <laughs> like, what are those things called? Fanny packs? Fanny, yeah. And, but that's just, uh, that's what goes on in my head. Uh, I don't think that's what actually happened. I do think. Is Doug allowed to talk, by the way? In <laughs> do we know? This, this, 
It's going. I'm telling you, man. This or this is going to be a fascinating organization to cover over the next year. Because there, let's and just which, let's which investigate this. Let's investigate this because okay. this is. Let's just let's just think about it in that prism. Because mm-hmm. I don't know how probable it is, but it would make sense. Because again, I keep coming back to the how the Rams, who wanted that number one pick and wanted Jared Goff, we assume how they acted, they, and they acted like a team that wanted Jared Goff and wanted that number one pick. In Peter King's narrative of the whole thing, they they broached the com- topic of conversation at the Combine. They quietly scheduled private workouts the week after the Combine. This is like the first week of March, I guess, before the Eagles have even re-upped with Sam Bradford or anything. They're already working out Carson Wentz and Jared Goff and trying to keep it on the DL. So, peop- so obviously, the value of the pick does not get driven up. By March 9th, I believe, Les Snead and uh, John Robinson have already – discussed at least rough parameters of the deal which again like they both probably could guess you know mm-hmm. um and they knew that there was moment i guess that would if w- there were reports it would be momentum right. moving towards a deal building towards a deal whatever, blah, blah blah the eagles did not have their s- first workout with carson wentz and jerry goff until march 20th or 21st that to me does not that does not strike me as a team that entered the offseason with this as yes. their plan. Right. We're so even like thinking it might be a plan. So what's okay, so And this is after this and this is after they've you so know all right, so what's the more likely scenario then? That Jeffrey sees Carson Wentz and says, We gotta go get that guy. Or Howie and his new quarterback guru head coach with his quarterback guru coaching staff say we got to go get that guy, and they convinced Jeffrey to do it. Or what if it's – and, again, this goes against all of my, my gut instincts about Howie, but what if Howie was actually the rational one, and he's saying, like, you know, Jeffrey Lurie's like, we need a quarterback, we need a quarterback. And Doug, who clear, keep in mind, probably doesn't even know who Carson Wentz is at this point because he spent all s- the previous six months, you know, preparing and executing an NFL season, has not watched any college tape of any of these guys. Start to watch a tape on this guy. And again, first time I watched tape on Carson Wentz, I was like, someone's going to, like, this guy's, like, has that potential. And maybe Doug and Doug and Jeffrey. And and maybe Jeffrey said, you know what? Screw this. Like, we've got a grace period here. You know, let's not waste it. Mm -hmm. Let's let's just do everything. We get me Carson Wentz. You know, and you could see Jeffrey is definitely the type of guy who could fall in love on first sight at first dinner you know there's no question now. like jeffrey jeffrey probably watched that video of uh or, or read that players tribune article from carson Wentz about the hard ground in north dakota like 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 he might have made his decision i he, want like, someone who has caliche experience he, he might have read a f- <laughs> like he might have been sold after he read a first draft of that like they <laughs> might have, you know yeah that's like, true because that's he's a weird like he's like got a weird mindset and 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 like it's kind of detached from reality if you if you watch his press conferences you know like it's like, all right, man. Like maybe you just view the world in a different way, and and he could be talked into a guy's moxie, you know. And but even then, sacrifice, you even know? then, wouldn't Howie possibly like say like it's going to be so difficult, right. to do that, you but know? Or is how I mean, like, does that then mean that Howie is making the Miami trade with the number two pick in mind? See, I don't or is I he making the Miami trade to get to number eight just to get to number eight? I think all that's yeah. I think the Miami trade just happened. You know, like it's yeah. it's it's. They try to figure out a way to, to, you know, like I don't, I don't think that had any. I don't think that they made those deals, thinking that it would help them get up to number two. Put it that way. Yeah. I, it, to me, that that gap just doesn't make sense. Why wait until March twentieth and twenty first to work these guys out? Right. And sign Sam Bradford. So like, I'm I'm agreeing with you. Like if that's an in that scenario, all the pieces align. You're like, okay, that would make sense. I mean, I can easily see Jeff Lurie. October, November last year. Just looking at it, you know, he he had uh, he had been remarried. I mean, people around the team said there might have been he might have like had a little bit of a distance from where he, you know, he probably wasn't in the office quite as much. Da 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 da, and he might have just said, "Damn it, I'm going to fix this, all right, and it's up to me to fix this." And this might just be, you know, another manifestation of that. I'm going to get rid of the coach. I'm going to get a quarterback. I'm going to make these big decisions. That could be it. It could be as simple as that, um, because a lot of the rest of it just doesn't make sense. I mean, it just—I uh, mean, th- this is not Howie. It's just not. 
I mean, we don't know him that well, but we there's enough of a body of work there. This is not him. This is not what he does. Um, it, it, you know, he, he how he plays the odds. You know, and this this is not this is not that. Unless what he does is set it up where he can be he, he can be the voice of caution. Like I mean, he could have also like completely removed himself from any blame whatsoever and said, you know, Jeff, I, I got to tell you, like, I agree with you. This quarterback position is very important, and I understand where you're coming from, but I just, you know, I don't know if it makes sense. Knowing the whole while that Jeff's going to like, you know what I'm saying? Like he can totally kind of say, all right, you know, I'll do it. You know, I, I think it's a very wise way to look at things. I'm just saying that, you know, it could, if this goes wrong, you know, this could really, really hurt us. Howie, don't worry about it. As long as I'm here, you're here. Just get it done. He's brilliant. Maybe he is brilliant. Maybe he is. I don't know. Um, Again, this that that was all hypothetical. It was. It was completely right. hypothetical, and it still doesn't. You know, they're still left with this problem now of Sam Bradford is here. He hasn't violated his contract at all. If I were Bradford, and I don't know that he is the personality to do this, I wouldn't show up to training camp. You've already you've got seventy eight million dollars. I guess eighty nine now that the the eleven million you got the signing bonus. Um, get fined every that, day. That becomes tough. I mean, they can hang on to you forever. Yeah. Okay. And here's here's the thing though, they can hang on to you forever. You're right. But if he doesn't play, and Chase Daniel, and a rookie are suddenly your quarterbacks, all of a sudden the fan base that hates Sam Bradford. Still hates Sam, already hates Sam Bradford, still hates Sam Bradford, but also starts to hate the team for not moving on from him and getting something from him yeah. and just wiping right. the slate clean. Um, and so he's got to get traded at some point for something. Um, and that becomes, I mean, that's the stare down right there. I mean, if I were him, that's what I would do. I would, I would not report to training camp if I haven't been traded before training and camp. And I will caution you guys, I am, there's a very good chance this happens tomorrow. So let's, right. let's not like focus right. too much on what he will do. Right. Let's kind you of assume saying? he's gone. Yeah. We kind of like, started so like, this off right. assuming he's gone. Yeah. Like I put it this way. Whether or not he's been traded by the time you listen to this, I've always assumed that it can't end any other way. Right. Because as you said, yes, they can hold on your rights forever, but at some point it reaches a point of it just doesn't make sense. Right. Anymore. And to bring this back to where we kind of started the conversation, which was the backlash against Bradford for making this demand. Um, and being selfish and not accepting the fact that he's going to make millions of dollars or whatever. Why have the Eagles earned the benefit of the doubt in this situation? Like, why is Bradford the bad guy? In the sense that if you're him and you're Tom Condon, you might be looking at, based exactly on, on the scenario we just, the hypothetical scenario we just outlined. You're now employed by an organization that hasn't won a playoff game since 2008 that hire, made the quote-unquote boldest hire in the history of the NFL in January or February of 2013, and then within three years gave up on that hire, within a year after giving that guy total personnel power and then resting it away, and then hiring a head coach who may very well turn out to be the second coming of Bill Walsh, but who at the time nobody else wanted to hire. But he's got beautiful hair. <laughs> so if let's, you're, just, let's just not let that go. Right. All right, let's all remember. He's got beautiful, beautiful hair. hair. So if you're Sam Bradford or you're anybody else other than a devoted Eagles fan, why do the Eagles get the benefit of the doubt in this situation as, like, Sam Bradford should totally roll over for the Eagles and just show up and play? What does anybody think they're really sacrificing this year? I mean, they, they, it's a coin flip whether or not the left tackle is coming out in an empty suit. I mean, you know, they could be terrible this year. Mm -hmm. they There's could a be. chance. Yeah. You so, know. so I guess that's a question, like, why why did they sign Sam Bradford in the first place? Well, if they were going to be terrible, why wouldn't you be terrible with Chase Daniel at $7 million a year and let him tutor the kid instead of signing Sam Bradford and then pretending well, you're going to be a playoff team? Well, I mean, you do you need two of them, right? And, uh, you know, there were, uh, it, it, you, you can acknowledge the fact that they might things might go really badly while at the same time preparing for maybe it's going to be okay. I mean, I, you know, and it's not like they made it for, you know, we've all talked about it. It's not a forever kind of a deal they made for with Bradford. It was only money. They had the money. Um, the Chase Daniel's the one I really don't understand, to tell you the truth. But that's, that's a whole other story. Given whatever you think of Chase Daniel, you know, is he Eddie Haskell or is he, you know, <laughs> the second coming of 
And this know. was Mike Sielski's reference that I have no idea what he's talking about. <laughs> oh, my God. Rich, help me out here. Um, no, no, seriously. Like, all right, so Eddie Haskell, okay. <laughs> I'm guessing, was a hockey player. No. No. Come no. on. You have no idea? No, you're lying. I think. You t- you, I walked in here and you said I was lying when I said I was I was happy to be right. here, whatever the hell I said. <laughs> You're lying. You, you have to know who Eddie Haskell is. The smarmy, yeah. like, guy who says things that people want to hear but is really... But why is his name Eddie Haskell? Because he was a character in an old TV show. Oh, uh, what show? Leave it to Beaver. Leave it to Beaver. All right. Let's pose on I Love Lucy. I don't, I don't okay. know. Why would anyway, I know that? Why would I know, but why would I know that? Because it's kind of a cultural yeah, t- touchdown. Well, did you have TV in your house when you grew up? Come on. Wow. Anyway, <laughs> my, my point is... You can fail. I didn't. We were poor. <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can sign Chase Daniel, and based on what Doug Peterson has said about Chase Daniel and the reasons they signed him and paid him this money, which was Chase Daniel just needed a chance to start, and he could prove he could start in the NFL. Believe it, if you don't, or b- believe it or not, you can sign Chase Daniel, trade up and draft Carson Wentz, and Chase Daniel presumably can surprise you with a playoff run as easily as Sam Bradford can. Why then are you signing Sam Bradford? All right, so here let's do this because this is very interesting to me. Let's say, do you think this te- if this team keeps Sam Bradford, can they build a play? Can they win? Can they make the playoffs this year and next year? In theory, yes. How how good? But I'm saying, how good do you think this team? Let's pretend this trade never happens. The plan all along was to use the number eight pick on whatever, running running back, offensive line, cornerback. You know, they still have all these draft picks. They whatever. Right. Could everybody stay healthy? Could Dallas implode? Could Washington take a half step what do you back? Think Could they get to 10? I can, ma- I can, I can make that tra- argument. Let's sure. say this. If they don't make this trade, let me put this way. If they don't make this trade, what are the odds that they are a playoff team this year, three years from now, five years from now? I think the best odds are that they're Like, build me a team in your mind okay. that, like... I think the best odds... Because if our argument is they should not have done this, what, what, what if they don't do this, what is... What, what happens? The best odds are that they're a playoff team this year based on the slight improvement they've made on the offensive line, based on the slight improvement you're going to get at quarterback um, from a healthy Bradford, um, and based on whatever they might add in the draft this year. Beyond that, uh, you have serious questions about all right, who's, so a, who's a quarterback. Well, well let's, know, say, all right, let's say Sam Bradford. Let's say the Eagles go 9-7. and seven. In 2016, mm-hmm. Sam Bradford is a top 15 quarterback. Throws for 4,000 yards. He essentially has a season last year if he didn't mi- if he didn't miss two or three games. Uh, you know, let's say 4,000 yards, 30 touchdowns, 12 interceptions, nine and seven. Either win or lose a wild card playoff game. Cap out in the division round. All right, he's coming back. Right. Is he yeah. coming back? He's your quarterback you, you for two thousand. You haven't drafted anybody, right? Well, you're. Go- I mean, you drafted a. Uh, let's say you draft uh, a second or third Christian Hackett. Third guy, you know, yeah. whatever. Third round Connor. Round. Let's say. Let's say. Let's even say you draft Connor Cook in the second round. You know, or Kevin Hogan in the fourth round. Is he coming back? And is is Bradford coming back in two thousand seventeen? Well, first, if you draft Connor Cook, who, who's going to revive Brookie? All right. <laughs> 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 I doubt. <laughs> um, this was late enough that he he won't listen no. this far, right? So okay, he doesn't right, listen yeah. to podcasts. All right. Um, yeah, you probably bring back Bradford. Okay, so now 2017. What are you? Are you closer to where to the Super Bowl then in 2017 than you were the year before? That I would already I would argue that's unknowable because it ba- it's it's based. Can you construct a scenario? Yeah, I could okay. depending on who the you uh, depending on who you have drafted. All right, let's say you hit on your. Let's say you hit on two draft picks that become starters, either at offensive line or cornerback. Or bo- I mean, at offensive line and cornerback. Corner, corner, end. I, you're, 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 you're asking the question of what are the odds that a quarterback who is a, a, a cut below excellent can get you to the Super Bowl? They're probably more than two drafts away from I guess being able to pull that off. Okay, that's what I'm asking. Okay. I guess what I'm asking is, is this defense good enough to get it to the point where that that's that's the issue, and I'm just not sure. I mean, I, I you know they're changing the scheme. There 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 are players who I can't figure out exactly how they're going to fit. Um, they are probably more than two drafts away from having the kind of defense that can get you to the Super Bowl with Sam Bradford. Okay, next question: Do you think that this team has currently constructed 
if you just added a quarterback, a great, let's say a top five, let's say you added Eli Manning to this team, what do they do next year? If you add Eli Manning to this team, um, you know they they are more competitive. I mean they are. I mean if, if they were a uh, they if they if they were a twenty five percent chance of getting to the the nine and seven make the playoff scenario, they go to a thirty five or forty percent chance. Um, but no, I mean I, I, to me defensively they're still not nearly there. And like I said, I, I really want to see what what this guy's going to do and how these players are going to fit. So uh, I guess what I'm saying is, why would they? Wha- I don't. Know. Why would they think they could have their cake and eat it too? You need to decide that you're within three years of a Super Bowl or you're rebuilding, right? Well, I mean, y- y- you have a fan base. You have a, you have a new coach. So w- I mean, if if not Sam Bradford, I mean, you're going to bring in a new coach with with Chase Daniel and what? I mean, you know, you, you have a, you have people to sell tickets to. You have a coach who who, who you want to support. That's what they did in '99. But they drafted a guy for him. Well, that's what I'm saying. You would, you would, you have Chase Daniel, and you would draft a guy. I mean, they drafted a guy second. You were saying that's out off the table. No, right I'm saying now. right now. What I guess what I'm saying is, why did they? Uh, why did Sam Bradford even ever into their, into their thinking? You know, because they didn't know they could get to second, and they were, and they and they wanted to. The, you know, you want to support the new guy, and 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 you don't want to totally abandon hope. I mean, I understand that, but it's uh, so. Then does does keeping Bradford preclude you then from moving up to number two? Once you make that decision, that's the question. Once you make that decision and say, well, we've got to keep Bradford because we've got to put a respectable product or try to put a respectable product out there with the new coach, are you then automatically stopped from making the jump? No, no because I, 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 I think I would look at it the other way, which is um, a realistic person would say, we have no chance to get a difference-making quarterback, so what do we do? And I would argue what you do is Sam Bradford and, and try to maximize what you have and mm-hmm. and 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 build around him and and you know hope. So regardless of who, regardless of who starts the season as quarterback, you're you're saying this guy's gonna play at some point. What, what do you think the over under is on week? Whether it's Chase Daniel or whatever. Who? When does Carson Wentz first take the field as the Eagles starter? Well, I mean, I I imagine. I mean, the Sam Bradford's history suggests he'll miss a, a quarter here or there. So you'll I believe you'll see him on the field in the first you know first half of the season um i i i think eight nine ten weeks is is, is what it was going to be unless he's inc- incredibly you know underdeveloped um i it's it's what ha- i mean it's what so it's all, so what you're saying is that's all the more reason for sam bradford to be exactly PO'd. so now it, here's the next question you said and you're right because i was thinking about eli might be the last one because they right. brought kurt warner but yeah. you never anymore hear guys say you know draft sit you know learn get in there it's Jameis Winston played right away Marcus mm-hmm. Mariota played right away Matt Ryan played right away on and on and on and on uh, you know except for extenuating circumstances where you ha- a great all-time great happens to fall in your lap at number 24 and, and you already have an all-time great at quarterback right barring extenuating circumstances that just doesn't really happen anymore so why did the Eagles make that their plan and is it smart and can it pay benefits, or does the guy just have to get in there and sink or swim? No, I, I believe I, once they made the deal, they said, oh, man, what are we going to do about Sam? How are we going to present this? Okay. And, and I believe they had to say, they had to forcefully say, no, it's Sam's job, and we're gonna, you know, this kid is going to learn. And because the alternative is to say, eh, sorry, Sam. Right. <laughs> and they weren't ready to do that. So, you, uh, all right, I'm, I'm interested – that whole angle kind of interests me because when you look at the quarterbacks who have sat, and again, it's kind of a you know self-selecting sample size because that was the modus operandi back in. Did right. I pronounce that right? Yeah. All right. You got that one right. Yeah. Modus operandi. Um, <laughs> Mo, you might right. have heard it called. Yeah, I think I saw it on an episode. Leave it to Beaver. Anyway, so so Phil uh, Philip Rivers. Ozzy and Harriet, maybe. I don't know. Like this is actually very equivalent to what happened with Drew Brees, I guess, and right. Well, not very equivalent, but but equivalent enough to what happened with Drew Brees in San Diego, um, and and Philip Rivers came in right. You know, c- clearly it didn't hurt him. Put it that way. To, right. to sit behind Drew Brees for a year, or was it a year or two? I think it was a year. Okay, uh, Eli, we've already gone over. Aaron Rodgers, we've already gone over. Uh, Donovan, clearly it did not hurt him. The question is. Does it help? I'm of the I'm of the impression that 
you only the, the only thing it's like facing big league hitting. Like at some point you get to a point where you got to face a live rush and put all these things together while guys are trying to kill you. Otherwise, y- you can't replicate that. Like we all saw how good Sam Bradford looked last year in the training camp of the preseason. His and I kept on telling people like, well, just wait until he gets behind a live rush because that's always been his problem. Like it's been like he's staring at the rush instead of you know. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So can it help? It absolutely can help. I mean, I'm, I'm when uh, when Donovan was here, you know, Andy Andy would talk in these giant miraculous circles about when he was gonna when Donovan was gonna get to play. I and remember. And uh, you know, but it was uh, you know if you if you really listened. You know, they just wanted to make sure he wasn't going to get killed, and right. and once they were sure of that, he was going in, and uh, he, you know, he got to play like in, in little bits of games, yeah. you know, and uh, and then ult- it was like ten weeks in, and then and I, I can remember asking him the question. I said, "All right, what else you got to see?" And uh, he kind of talked in another big mir- miraculous circle, and then he started them the next week, and it's like. <laughs> uh, but people were ready to burn the place down. They said, like, "You know what? Come on, let's go." Yeah. I mean, you know. Y- y- yeah, you, you talk about people's feelings about the team. Once they draft this kid, oh my God, they want to see him. Right. I mean, they, you know, people are going to, you know, th- what do you think the value of tickets will be on StubHub? You know, early in the, se- I mean, if they if they say, no, he's not starting, all right? So suddenly everybody's going to be selling their early tickets and, you know, you know, and the value of the late tickets will go up. And I mean, there's this is a real thing. I mean, it's, 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 this will take over the town. I mean, you you were a little, you're both a little bit too young to remember the whole, you know, as a professional. You know, you lived here, but you didn't the really. The anticipation. Yeah, of and it's now. like. No, I was, I worked for Spadero that year. That was my first 99? year. 99? Yeah, that was my first year with Spadero. God, you're old. I am. <laughs> I am. Uh, to think what does that make me? To think, <laughs> you, to, to think you lumped this geezer in with me. Yeah, yeah I was, so in 19. I'm a man. I'm 40. Yeah. So in, 19, in, 19, in 1999, this is Dave Murphy. In 1999, I uh, this is what I did instead of watching Leave It to Beaver. I invested in myself, uh, and we got a a, 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 a you know a 24. So you're one of those millennials. A 20, so yeah, yeah, right. yeah, a 24k. Mm-hmm. Young Dave Murphy came home one day from school, and he ha- found a 24k internet connection on his Gateway 2000, and he immediately decided he was going to become a sports writer and email every sports writer he could find. And I probably emailed Rich, but he's a jerk, and he. I didn't email me back <laughs> with a one guy. I definitely emailed Ruben Frank, and he emailed me back and said, "How did you get this email?" <laughs> uh, there was like I found them all. On, I think Ruben actually had a site called Rube's World, and, and that's did, where yes, I found yeah. all the email addresses. Uh, no, it was actually Eckel who wrote. It was like, "Where'd you get this email?" <laughs> I said, "Rube, Rube World," and uh, but Spadero actually said, "Give me a call," and I was a huge Eagles fan. I called. This was my senior year of high school. Keep in mind, I was a young little glow getter before I got hardened by this cruel, cruel world that Sam Bradford is now experiencing. Um, <laughs> and I worked, I, he said, come down to training camp. My first interview was with David Aker. He was like, there's this young kicker who's going to get cut at some point. His name's David Akers. Go interview him. He's from NFL Europe, so I did. That was my first interview. And then uh, I uh, ended up working, driving, driving down during my senior year of high school, and that was 99. That was uh, Steve Everett, all those guys. So don't. I'm here, man. He knows, man. I know. He knows. I know all about that. I probably wrote about it for Eagles Digest. Remember Eagles Digest? There was though, but that's like so. So, and that's the whole point with Sam Bradford is, when this trade went down, Sam Bradford took a look at this thing and he was like, "Well, it's obvious what's going to happen." You know, like I'm not a simpleton. I may be from Oklahoma, I may be an Okie, but I'm not a simpleton. And he said, "This is exactly what's going to happen. Why am I going to put?" And and that's why I look at it almost as if the Eagles can't even get out of their own way and they're fortunate that Sam Bradford is doing this because why would they he's want gonna, this yeah, he's why would they the want problem. the situation he's going to solve the problem why him. would they want that situation do you know what i'm saying i mean chase daniel can go out there and get his head beat in for 10 weeks but that's what i'm I mean, saying that's, but know, that's, that's the point that's so that's why the would point. you have yeah so yeah, why would you not trade my whole sam point is sam bradford's doing a favor by demanding a trade because the eagles should have wanted to trade him because there's no reason to like introduce this dynamic into your locker room when you know what's the end result is going to be. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I think they just can't get pe- past the fact that they're setting fire to $11 million, and they're going to have to get past it. Yeah. Soon. Right. They're going to have to. But what's what's good? But if they don't, and he caves and plays, and they're 6-4, and four and atop the NFC East, you and you think they're going to be people clamoring for Carson Wentz? Oh, yeah. Nobody ca- nobody's going to care about the 6-4. and four. Yeah. Nobody. 
Absolutely not. It's all gonna every week. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. Now we have to keep in mind. I will say this. Just to, just just to just to be clear, just to get you guys on the record, the town that couldn't abide the Sixers tanking. The town that wants the Flyers that was disappointed that this Flyers team couldn't beat the Washington Capitals in the first round of the playoffs, some some quarters of it, the loudest quarters of it, is going to be cool with a team, an Eagles team that's six and four, with a quarterback who's playing well. Okay, well, in a weakened division. There's your that's that's the important part is how is the quarterback playing? Well, they're not going to be six and four if he's stinking up the joint. I mean, if he's six and four, and they're in the first quarter of the eleventh game, and he goes down and grabs his ankle, people are going to cheer. That's all right. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not so sure about well, that. I, so here's the thing: I think that I think that even last year, people like the, I, I just look at last year where people have already just they've already dug in on the Sam Bradford camp, and they've said even when, even when he's playing well down the stretch last year, and they're a game or two away from making the playoffs, they're saying, "I hope they don't make the playoffs because we need to draft a quarterback." You know, like, that's the only th- – but, again, if Sam Bradford is – if Sam Bradford plays like he did down the stretch last year for 11 weeks, then maybe we can talk. Then they're, then they're like, let's trade Carson Wentz. We well, that's, but that's my you know. point is right, that, yeah, look, but, the, the opinion uh, about uh, Sam Bradford – look, the opinion about Sam Bradford was formed last year based on those first couple of games, particularly the Dallas game, particularly a one-and-three start. If, if the Eagles are 6-4 and four next year and Bradford is a competent quarterback – I think he's got to be way more than competent. And the other thing is, which we don't know, because we don't know anything about this kid, is how's the kid going to be with Sitton? Hmm. I mean, you know, he's not going to be able to hide from everybody. He's going to have to answer questions about it occasionally. And what, you know, what if he expresses some anxiousness? Hmm. Um, I'm telling you. I, I'll say this, Mike. I, 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 have to s- I would have to sit down before I would want to, like, carve this into stone. Mm-hmm. I would I – would want to sit down and think it through but i mean w- this this city spent probably four or five years with a quarterback in playoff contention wanting to get rid of him <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, that's, like that's a fair point like that's, that's a fair uh, point like given the mentality of this town and where it's at right now psychologically which is not a good place people life gets better it gets better epics epochs get better um they want a quarterback they think they think the quarterback is the problem with everything, you know, like all the time, all yes. the time. Yeah. Like they think they, they thought it would be very easy to like get Aaron Rodgers upgrade from Don McNabb to Aaron Rodgers. You know what I'm saying? I don't think they've learned their lesson yet, uh, but I that's why I would possibly agree with you I and probably would agree with you, especially I since I think that this team is not good enough to play as well as they would need to play for people to forget. I think that's, that's what I'm trying fair. To say. That's, that's, what, yeah, I'm, that's yeah. what I'm trying to say. That's fair, but I'm, I'm just laying it out there that what if they surprise everybody? I agree with you. I don't think they're good enough to get to that level, but they might. They might, and in theory. And so, therefore, what happens then? You're going to bench the guy who could get you to the playoffs and make things interesting and exciting in a sports town that is dying for something interesting, exciting, and doesn't want to have to wait for it. And while I understand the new, the different, the shiny Carson Wentz yeah, object, yeah, it's not. Yeah, but they, people here don't want new and exciting. They, I mean, they want meaningful, and and meaningful cannot happen until this kid plays, and that's why uh, he's playing I don't know. immediately. Yeah, I, don't know. I mean, I think they see the same thing. And again, this to kind of tie it all in a bow, I think they see the same thing. Everyone kind of has the same mentality, like, dude. You guys traded all this stuff. You, you essentially decided that the next five to eight years of this franchise franchise's trajectory will be decided by this guy. Yeah. So get started on it right now. That and, I, yeah, I can. I can. And see that's that. why, it, which is interesting, because Sam Bradford sees that too, and he says, "There's, I don't have a chance at all. Like, I would have to play. I would have to have the best season ever known to man to even ha- get them to think about admitting their mistake that they maybe should have used those picks to help give me more weapons." Do you know what I'm saying, Rich? Yeah. Yeah, there's no, uh, you know, people on Twitter. I, you know, I made the mistake of going on Twitter yesterday. Yes, you did. I made the mistake of going on Twitter in 2009 when I sat there and signed up for an account. <laughs> but it, you know, people are saying, well, you know, what if he goes out and wins a Super Bowl? And I said, come on, will you people stop? <laughs> I mean, you know, it's it, the fight is fixed. I mean, you know, it's 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 like more fixed than professional wrestling at this point. The kid is playing. There's nothing Bradford can do about it. So then here's the question. What, how long does he get then? 
in this, fa- you know, before the fan base. Because, because again, you got to keep in mind, the other, there's so many fascinating dynamics. To this this team's going to be great to cover for at least yeah. three years. Mm-hmm. I mean, 65% of people it surprised me. You know, given given the clamoring for the Mariota deal last year, but but like 65%, I think it's the North Dakota State thing. But 65% of people in this fan base disapproved of this move. Not only just this, Andrew Lucatauti disapproved of this yeah. move. I thought it was <laughs> atrocious. Like I, I, I was like, wow. When you lost Angelo, your reactionary move is <laughs> went, like went a little too far. Right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but so these people already went into this thing, you know, against this. They, you know, you. This kid's got to prove himself to me. Kind of, actually, kind of how Donovan did, I guess, a little bit in yeah, a sense. Yeah, but y- you asked the question: How long does yeah. this kid get? So how long does he get? He gets one day less than Howie. <laughs> yeah, that's it. but yeah. I mean, so like, but seriously, like, how much do you need to see? When when can you finally start to make a judgment on this kid? I mean, it, it's not it's it's not sixteen, it's not seventeen, it's sometime in eighteen because you're making you're making up your mind. I think. Okay. Yeah, and so and people are like, well, why even? I think a lot of it is, and it, and it makes sense. It's a ra- it's a rational way to think. It's a rational way to think where, you know, the Phillies are arguably could be a worse team this year than they were last year, but, but this year feels meaningful to people. Do you know what I'm saying? Like they're yeah. not like they're yeah. they're not looking at Jeff Francoeur being like, when's What's the point Michael Frank? They they aren't looking at Kodiashi being like, when's Michael Franco get right. here? You know, like I I don't know. I just think that I agree with you is what it comes down. They are asking what happened to Charlie Morton because he's having hamstring surgery and he's probably done for the year. Yeah, well, I think that, especially with this last Carson Wentz-centric piece, we have enough where if he gets traded, or if Bradford gets traded, people will have yeah. something topical to listen to. I would agree. Thanks. Don't you, don't you guys have something to write? No. no. Do I? Do I? Yeah, I don't know. You're, you're the, the bo- you're my you're, boss. You're the one. I'm off. One of us needs to be looking at this. I have an office to go sit behind. Okay. Right. A desk to go sit behind. All right. Well, you is go it, to your desk. Is it hot in here? Or is it just us every week? It's a little hot in here. All right. All right. All right. All right, well, we'll, uh, we'll talk to you next week. My prediction is that Sam Bradford will have been traded, if not by the time you listen to this podcast, by the time we record our next podcast, So, which would mean we will be talking about more Sam Bradford. My prediction? Pain. Is that another reference yes, that I didn't Rocky get? Yes, Rocky 3. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? <laughs> I am just going to make it. I didn't know that, that uh, <laughs> We'll talk to you all next gonna week. That's going to be great for the outfits. Everybody knows that one. Come on. I was like, I think I was supposed to get that. Uh, Mr. T, come on.